This is T.M. Camp, and you're listening to the podcast of my novel, Assam and Darjeeling. Book Three, Purgatory, Chapter Twelve. The reeds grew thicker near the far shore. It was easy to catch a foot in their tangled roots. In among them, cattails grew long and fat, some of them bursting open, leaking fluff like Amabel's little doll, the seeds drifting lazily through the heavy air like angels over heaven. They tickled Assam's nose, and he had to suppress a sneeze. Truth be told, he wouldn't have particularly cared for the cattails, even if they hadn't made him sneeze. Their exploded, leaking innards seemed gruesome somehow, like a dead animal in the road. They reminded him, he realized, of those horrid, unseen flowers that grew around the witch's house at the outskirts of Old Moontown. It was all either poison or poisoned here, the light, the water, even the air. Even the flowers, he thought to himself, even the plants. Stay here long enough and you'd either get poisoned or become poisonous. He shook himself. G and Edgar were already well ahead of him, moving through the reeds. He walked on, shoes saturated with river water, pants soaked to the knees. He wondered briefly if his legs might somehow forget what they were. Would he end up crippled, perhaps, with two useless, forgetful things hanging off of him? Or would they turn into something else altogether, having forgotten what they should be? He tried to imagine himself with duck feet, with wheels, ridiculous. Mercifully, his legs and feet remained uncomfortably damp, and nothing more. The rules of this place made no sense, like a dream where the monster chasing you suddenly has your face, or worse. Catching up to the others, he put the thoughts out of his mind. They were huddled together in the reeds, deep in fierce, whispered conversation. Assam could tell immediately three things. They were arguing, Edgar was right, and Edgar was losing the argument. You have no idea who or what you're dealing with here, Edgar hissed. No idea at all. And you do, G countered. You'd better believe it, the boy replied. I've got six hundred years under my belt, more than these bastards. You're not wearing a belt. Edgar groaned in frustration. Assam knew exactly how he felt. I don't understand what the big deal is. I just want to give this back to her, G said, holding up the sodden doll. We don't have time for charity cases, Edgar hissed. And you have no idea who you're dealing with here. None at all. You said that already, G said. And they don't scare me. Yeah, well, they should. You said they were new and didn't understand anything, G replied. Relatively new, Edgar said. And their stupidity is what makes them so dangerous. Just like you. Whatever, G said as she stalked off through the reeds. Edgar looked after her in amazement. Assam almost felt sorry for him. Come on, he said to the boy. You'll get used to it. I doubt it, Edgar replied. They followed after her. After a few steps, they broke through into a large clearing. G was standing directly in front of them, and the three of them went down in a tangle of arms and legs and reeds. Assam stood up quickly, covered in mud and sodden cattail fluff. He reached down and helped his sister up. Thanks, she said. He didn't answer. 
they weren't alone. They were standing in a hollow place in the reeds, about the size of their front yard back home, a large, round clearing, almost egg-shaped. The ground had been cleared and covered with mats of woven reeds. Twenty or thirty people were scattered throughout the clearing, weaving, washing clothes, grinding, doing chores. Assam took it all in. He could feel their fear, like a clammy mist drifting at the edges of the clearing. Then... A sudden wave of nausea shuddered through him. There was power in that place, but it was diseased, twisted somehow, and for a moment he bore the brunt of its madness. He felt her eyes on him. She sat in the center of the clearing on what looked like an old kitchen chair. As battered as it was, she had all the air of a queen on the throne. The girl... Amabel stood next to her, her little face etched in fear. The old woman in the chair might have been forty. She might have been a hundred. She was skinny, almost skeletal, with a bright, hungry light burning in her eyes. They were blue, so blue that Assam thought she might be blind. But then they locked onto his, and he felt the familiar sizzle of connection at the back of his mind. He nearly vomited with the flood of images that flowed between him and the old woman, shuddering under the strain of trying to block them all out. He saw a woman struggling on the shore of a black and stagnant sea, a horde of dark beasts, all teeth and fangs, swarming around a fallen animal. The scream of birth, the horrible tear as one life is ripped between this world and the next. A brood of spiders spreading out across the land while one at the center sucked on the sweet jewels that its brood brought back. Alone and hungry, the spider shifting its hunting grounds to a new place, ripe with fresh food. And then the old woman shifted her gaze, and the feeling and the images passed. She did not seem aware of what had passed between them. Who are these lost children? The old woman croaked in a voice like far-off thunder. What demons dare tread so close to the holy gates of heaven? She threw her arms up into the air and thrust her chin forward. Speak now, I command you, in the name of the Lord. The rest of the people stared at the ground, waiting. Apart from Amabel and the old woman, no one dared look at the three newcomers. Um, Gee stepped forward. We're not demons, ma'am. I just wanted to give Amabel this. She held out the reed doll. I know she might be kind of lonely for it otherwise. The old woman slowly lowered her arms, resting one hand on the shoulder of the little girl. The long fingers curled slowly, drawing Amabel closer. There was no love in the gesture, no sense of kindness or protection. It was a wary, greedy movement. It spoke of ownership, of slavery, of addiction. Where do you come from, girl? The old woman leaned forward. Assam couldn't tell what creaked louder, her chair or her bones. He didn't like the hungry look in her eyes, didn't like the way she licked her lips at the sight of G. We came from across the river, he answered, stepping forward. We're looking for our mother. 
The old woman swiveled her head on that scrawny neck to stare at him. Assam could feel her gaze scuttling like a spider over the outside of his mind, looking for a weak spot to creep through and spread its venom. There was more than madness in there, behind those eyes. Lost children, the old woman said. You do best to search for the father. He is the one who can lead you back home. Our dad isn't home, Gee said. Our mom's the one who's lost. The woman's gaze flickered from Assam to his sister, then back again. Lost child, the old woman said. Do not wander the paths of hell nor keep company with demons any longer. She huffed for a moment, building up steam like a locomotive. Turn away from the gifts offered by those infernal powers and reach out. She flung out one hand to grasp the air between them. Reach out for the holy kingdom that is just within your grasp. Reach for heaven, girl. Reach for salvation. Assam was at a loss for how to respond. Unfortunately, G was not. Well, for starters, she said, I don't know what infernal means, but it doesn't sound like it's a very nice thing to call people. And do you call? The old woman growled, but G kept talking. Let me finish, please. You had your turn. She took a breath. And while he is an ass, sorry, but it's true. No problem, Edgar answered. A complete ass, but that's a far cry from being a demon. I've met a few of them, I think, and you know what? They all talk and act a lot like you. The old woman stared at G, silent and hateful. And besides, G went on, walking forward to face the woman down, if it's a choice between a kingdom of mud and river water or a palace with a kind queen who serves hot tea and puts out food for the stray cats on the back porch, she took a breath. Then I know which one I'll choose every time. The old woman worked her jaw in rage as though she were chewing up whatever words she had in her. Then, calmly, she spat in G's face. The girl let out a cry of surprise and disgust, backpedaling across the sodden, matted reeds underfoot. Hey! Assam ran forward and caught his sister as she fell. You okay? he asked her. She nodded, wiping her face with her sleeve. Assam looked to the old woman and realized that the conversation was over. The woman raised her hands in the air, and as if on cue, the people in the clearing moved in and surrounded him and his sister. Strong hands tore her from him. Strong arms held him fast. He heard G struggling next to him, tried to look and see her, but he was forced forward onto his knees. Cold, muddy water seeped up through the woven reeds to soak his jeans. He felt his hands being tied behind his back. His sister fell down next to him, her wrists bound with reeds. There was a splash on his left. Edgar. Even with his hands tied, the boy looked calm almost amused even. The old woman made a satisfied sound, mouth working over the three of them with a mixture of pity and sheer naked loathing. You poor lost souls, she murmured from her chair, wandering for so long alone and apart from the love of God. Give thanks and rejoice that you have finally found your way here at last. And where would air be, exactly? Edgar asked. The woman drew herself up stiffly against the old chair. The shore of the River Jordan, the holy gate of the promised land. 
Alleluia, Edgar muttered under his breath. The old woman narrowed her eyes. How dare you show your face in this holy land, Beelzebub? A murmur of fear rose from the crowd, but Assam could hear anticipation in it as well. You, father of lies, lord of the flies. No need to be so formal, the boy said. Call me Edgar. The old woman stood up, all arms and elbows, and hobbled a few steps towards them. I'll not be mocked, demon, she shrieked. God will not be mocked. These poor souls are no longer under your diabolical spell. They have been delivered. Hallelujah, the crowd murmured. They have been delivered by the holy hand of the Lord. Amen. Amen, the congregation answered. She shuffled forward, kicking up little sprays of muddy river water with each step. Once again, Assam had a flash, a, a mental image scuttling across his mind like a spider picking lightly across its web. The little girl, Amabel, waited by the chair, clutching the ragged reed doll that G had brought to her. God will not be mocked, the old woman said again, voice grating against her teeth like stones. He will cast you out as he has always done. The crowd again, praise him. You will fall once more under the blazing sword of righteousness, back to that fiery pit, free in heaven from your foul wiles forever. Alleluia. Amen. The crowd was near frenzy now. Wait, G said. This is heaven? It really isn't, Edgar replied. You're a demon, Assam said to the old woman, the pieces falling into place. She turned her gaze to him, nothing but raw hate in her eyes now. You've tricked them all. He looked around at the pale faces of the congregation. You're all under her spell. Don't you see what she really is? Deceiver, the old woman growled, turning to her followers. Do not listen to his lies, people of the Lord. Look around you, Assam went on. Does this really look like heaven to you? Is this really what your God has waiting for you? It is heaven, the old woman shrieked. The faithful have found their home with the Lord at last. They live under his hand, basking in the golden light of his throne. They live, Assam said, in river water and mud. He turned to one of the men holding him. Open your eyes. See for yourself. Think for yourself, G said. There was a faint sound to Assam's left. His ears popped. He turned to look and was not entirely unsurprised to see that Edgar had vanished. Demons, the old woman was practically dancing in rage. Do you not see the diabolical powers now revealed? She gestured, and the man holding a psalm forced the boy's head up to face her. Demons, hiding beneath the sweet innocence of a child's sacred face. She nodded, knowing and wise. I knew you from the first, she said, but I had to wait and let your true nature reveal itself. She turned then to her followers and raised her arms, drawing strength from them. Listen to me, you blessed and redeemed. These monsters come to tempt the children of God with their unholy lies and blandishments. The woman spun in a wide circle, eyes blazing with hunger. 
Will you allow them to invade the holy city, to invade your very hearts? Will you cast down the God you worship here? A murmur went up from the congregation. Assam's throat filled with a sick dread. He could feel it, the raw energy and the naked hunger that gobbled at it. Has not your God been faithful? Has he not offered satisfaction for your every need? She spun again, her voice rising to a screech that set Assam's teeth on edge, and she began to sing. All I have needed, thy hands have provided. The crowd murmured, swaying. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. The people intoned, picking up the tune as they turned from the old woman to the children. Summer and winter, they sang in their flat voices. Springtime and harvest, sun, moon, and stars in their courses above. Their flat eyes, the shambling, mindless movements, those moaning voices, it all reminded Assam of a zombie movie he'd watched once. Join with all nature in manifold witness. The old woman stalked through her followers, soaking up their praise. Assam struggled, but hands held him fast. Into thy great faithfulness. G was crying, calling to the little girl for help, but Amabel stood frozen, fear scrambling over her face. Mercy and love. The crowd parted, and the old woman stepped forward. She was horrible, eyes blazing and her mouth agape, a long reed in her hand, thin and fresh and green. She drew it back and forth in the air in front of her. Assam saw the tiny beads of blood on her forearms, on her cheeks, and he understood why it's called a blade of grass. The edge of the reed was very fine, very sharp. Every time the old woman slashed the air with it, it whisked against her face, against her hands and arms, and she loved it. Assam saw she drank it all in. The old woman gestured, and the two men holding G pulled her forward. One of them pulled her hair back, exposing her throat. Amabel, G gasped, trying to find the voice that had saved them in the fox's lair. You found me. I named your doll. I brought her back to you. What kind of demon would... Silence! The old woman shouted, flicking the reed across the girl's throat, leaving a faint line in which tiny beads of blood gathered. To her credit, G did not scream. Her brother, however, flew into a rage. He lurched forward, pulling against his captors. Later, he would not be able to remember how he did it. It was as if he had reached out and grabbed the woman's skin with both hands, pulling it off of her like a magician, tugging at a tablecloth. But his hands were tied, of course, and yet it happened all the same. Just for a moment, he tore off the woman, stripped her away like a costume to reveal the horror that was hiding beneath. The woman was gone. But a spider, huge and frantic, scuttled about the clearing, shaking with anticipation and fury. 
It raised itself up on its back legs and lowered the reed it held between its claws, laying it against G's exposed throat. And then Amabel began to scream. The spider spun around at the sound, blinking its swollen goblet eyes in confusion. It swiveled back to Assam, and he felt a curious stab in its head. The congregation, their eyes now open, scattered. Shouts of horror and disgust echoed as they disappeared through the reeds. The spider hissed, realizing it was visible now and known, unmasked. And throwing its head back, the spider howled. There was a sickening shift, a momentary lurch in the air like a soap bubble collapsing in on itself. And then the old woman was back, glaring at Assam. Demon, she growled at him. How dare you deceive the loyal followers of the Lord with your sorcerous visions? Assam didn't bother answering what was obviously a hypothetical question. He strained at his bonds, twisting his hands and feeling the reeds slowly splinter against his wrists. Once you are gone, the spider, the old woman, said, then the faithful will know the true power of the Lord once more. Assam watched in helpless horror as the old woman jerked G up by her hair and raised the thin edge of the reed. Just as she began to draw it back, she collapsed suddenly into a spindly heap. Amabel stood behind her, holding the splintered remains of the chair in her hands. She tossed it aside and went to G, helping her up. Thanks, G said, getting to her feet. She gave the girl a hug. Assam pulled his hands free of the reeds at last and stood on shaky legs to embrace his sister. They held each other for a moment, Amabel still clinging to G. Assam at last pulled away and looked down at his sister. I guess we should probably... He broke off, interrupted by a sudden howl of rage that filled the air around them like thunder. The old woman rose up in fury, flickering between her mask and the true face of the spider beneath. Children, she shrieked out, come now and aid the servant of the Lord in this holy battle against the evil forces that have turned to assail the gates of heaven and strike down the servant of the Lord. It howled again, and the people came streaming back through the reeds, compelled by that hideous call. Gathering the conversation back to itself, the spider, and it was a spider, Assam saw, just wearing the old woman like a costume, the spider turned back to the children huddled together. The spider flared out its mandibles with a fierce, stinking hiss. Its followers swarmed forward, gathering around it like curdled milk down a drain, surrounding the children. Assam pulled the two girls behind him, hoping they understood. If this was going to be his last fight, he was going to do his best to give them time to run. Just as one of the congregation reached for him, a doe-faced man with eyes as flat and dull as stones, there was a strange rush in the air around them. Assam swallowed, his ears popping. The man's eyes widened in horror. Edgar was back. The boy had a tiny flame about the size and height of a pencil balanced on the tip of his forefinger. I think, he said as he stepped forward to face the spider, 
I think that it's time for some purifying fire. The spider backed up slowly, the firelight dancing refracted in its many eyes. Edgar glanced around to the people surrounding them. Abracadabra, he said, snapping his fingers. The flame shattered, and within moments the clearing had become a nightmare of fire, reeds going up like birthday candles, cattails exploding like torches, screams and panic and frenzy blazing in blackened faces. People ran, people caught fire, and they burned. Assam gently put a hand over Amabel's eyes, shielding her from the horrible sight. He tried to do the same for G, but she shoved his arm away. A woman ran past, trailing screams and flames, her reed dress ablaze, her hair scorched down to blackened nubs. G took his hand and replaced it over her eyes. She did not push it away again. Assam watched as Edgar strolled around the clearing, nonchalantly flicking flames off of his fingertips like a bored schoolboy shooting rubber bands at flies. He paid no attention to the demon, now an old woman once more, wailing away piteously as her petty little world burst into flames. Assam could not help being impressed by, and even a little envious of, that boy. He wondered if he would ever have that power, that confidence. And eventually, it was over. The smoke hung thick in the air, and there was a gritty, greasy tang to it that Assam tried not to think about. Is it over? G asked, slowly peeling his hand away from her eyes, the palms slick with her tears. It is. Edgar gave her a rotten smile. And you're very welcome. Oops, he said, pointing his finger towards Amabel. Looks like I missed one. No! G stepped in between him and the cowering girl. Just kidding, Edgar laughed, lowering his hand. You need to lighten up, Missy. When you lose your sense of humor, you might as well call it a day. He sighed contentedly, surveying his work. So, shall we go then? What about Amabel? G asked. Edgar shrugged. Don't care. She can stay to bury her dead or shave her head and join the little sisters of Jesus for all I care. But, he held up his hand, stopping G in her tracks. She's not coming with us. I never signed on to be babysitter to every stray you pick up. And, he continued before she could open her mouth to protest, there's nothing you can say or do to convince me, so don't bother. We made a bargain, she said. Yes, yes we did. I'm perfectly happy to sit here and wave the flies away from your sweet little face, and that's all I plan on doing if you press the point. I won't take another step with that precious little tot in tow. What do you want? Assam asked. Edgar looked at him, nothing but honest fatigue on his face. I want this to be over. Believe me, I am as sick of the two of you as you are of me. Besides, he said, reverting back to his usual cocky self, I want my five minutes. The longer this takes, the longer I have to wait. Where's the old lady? G asked suddenly. Assam looked around. 
There was no sign of the woman or the spider. Only a pile of ragged clothing remained where she had fallen. Edgar nudged the clothes with his toe. Wherever she went, Assam said, I don't think we need to worry about her anymore. I wasn't all that worried about her to begin with, Edgar shrugged. But if it makes you feel better to think you're safe because you can't see her anymore, well, okay then. He turned back to them. Now, about our new friend. She's coming with us, G said firmly. We really can't just leave her here, Assam said, hoping the boy would see reason. Edgar looked at him in disbelief. Why not? Because, Assam thought for a moment, because it's not safe here? It's safer than it was. She's just a little girl, G said. You sure about that? Edgar cocked an eyebrow. You never know who's who in this place. Believe me. Holding her ground, G returned to first principles. She's coming with us. Edgar smiled wryly. Did it ever occur to you that you might ask her if she wants to? G said nothing. Okay, kid. Edgar turned to Amabel, squatting down in front of her, hands on his knees. You can join up with your new pals on their magical mystery tour. Or you can stay here and weave your little baskety things and wait for baby Jesus to take you home. What's it gonna be? Amabel pulled her doll close to her and stared at him silently. Edgar rolled his eyes. You're killing me, kid. Amabel, Jee said. Do you want to come with us? Slowly, the girl shook her head. We can take care of you. You'll be safe. They ain't no witness, Your Honor, Edgar muttered. Assam touched the girl's arm. You want to stay here? Amabel nodded. Alone? But... The girl laid her fingertips against G's cheek silencing her. She smiled and hugged the older girl. Well, Edgar said brightly, that's settled then. G pulled back and looked into Amabel's face. You sure about this? The girl nodded. G hugged her again. Assam put his hand on the girl's shoulder. Be careful, he told her. Take care of yourself. And Amy, G added. The girl nodded again. I will. Maybe she watched them go, standing there in the burnt-out paradise, littered with blackened reeds and greasy bones. Maybe she raised her hand in farewell when G looked back. And, once the children were out of sight, Maybe she went to the old wooden chair and set it upright once more. And maybe she sat down, legs dangling, clutching her doll. And maybe, as she sat there, she might have noticed a little brown spider picking its way up the arm of the chair towards her hand. And maybe, just maybe, she stretched out her hand and watched it tap its way onto her open palm.
Maybe she held it up to her ear. Maybe she listened to its careful whispers. And maybe, at some point, she smiled. You've been listening to Assam and Darjeeling, written and read by the author, P.M. Camp. A new chapter from the book is available each week, free to download at the iTunes Store. To find out more about Assam and Darjeeling, to read my weblog, or to send me your questions and feedback, visit my website at pmcamp.com. I hope to hear from you. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you soon. This podcast was written, performed, and produced by T.M. Camp and may not be copied, distributed, transcribed, or otherwise reproduced without his express written permission. Even listening to the damn thing is probably illegal these days. In fact, you should stop right now, just in case the feds are closing in on you. I'd wipe your hard drive, too, just to be safe. You don't want them to find all those Firefly episodes you downloaded from BitTorrent, do you? Wait. Did you hear that? Just outside the window? I think it was one of their robotic hounds. The new models have night vision, you know. And now they see everything. Oh my god, I think... I think they might already be in the house. <laughs>